0: This is the Fit Roots podcast, and I'm your host, Aidan Lee. We are focused on teaching you the best of philosophy, martial arts, health, well being, and business. Our mission is to build modern warriors who enhance their lives through continual physical and mental evolution, and then bestow that gift onto the next generation. Today, we've got Pete Cohen joining us. Pete Cohen is one of the world's leading keynote speakers hundreds of thousands of people from all over the world have been motivated and inspired by Pete's presentations. The measure of success as a keynote speaker is not just relevance but impact and not just the immediate impact on the day but the lasting impact of the days, weeks and even years afterwards. It's all about leaving an imprint and resonating with your entire audience. You create a buzz, people have had fun, they're inspired by fresh insights and new interactions and they can't wait to try them out for themselves. He's been dedicated to supporting organizations and the people within them to flourish for over 25 years. As a professional keynote speaker and coach, he knows exactly what holds people back. Pete offers quick, powerful interventions that can be easily applied and make a significant difference immediately. He always finds it a pleasure to come into an organization and share his experiences, learned from keynote presentations with top companies throughout the world. Pete excels at keynote presentations and inspires his audiences to think outside the box believe in themselves, and get motivated to take positive actions. He's worked with companies such as IBM, Boots, Pfizer, Robert Half International, BAA, Royal Bank of Scotland, Boehringer Ingelheim, and Thomas Cook. Pete's interactive style is fun, thought-provoking, and leaves a lasting impression. He has professionally impacted the lives of thousands of people worldwide, including business execs, professional athletes, and the everyday person. He focuses on the importance of having a strong belief in yourself. He teaches that you need to be positive and you have to develop self-confidence to achieve your potential and be successful. He is the author of 17 published books, several of which have been bestsellers across the world, including Shut the Duck Up, Habit Busting, Life DIY, and Sort Your Life Out. He has also presented his own TV show on TV called The Coach and was the resident life coach on GMTV for 12 years. Pete's background is in psychology and sports science. He specializes in taking self help and personal development to the masses in a way that is easy for people to understand and apply. Working in sports performance coaching, Pete's helped world class sporting stars and teams reach their peak performance, including Sa- Sally Gunnell, Ronnie O'Sullivan, Ellen MacArthur, Roger Black, the Kent cricket team, and the Arsenal football team. Welcome to the Fit Roots podcast, Pete. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Good to see you. Likewise, honestly, it's such a pleasure having you on today, Pete, and I know there's going to be some pearls and gems of wisdom that you'll share with our audience today. We've obviously heard your bio by this point, but please share with us you know, how you got to where you are now. You've accomplished so much, but please tell us the journey from, if you like, your childhood and how you got to where you are now. Well, that's a big question, right? Uh,
1: it's a story in itself. Uh, it's funny because when people ask me about what I've done, in my mind, the first thing I want to say is what I've done isn't important. It's what I'm going to do. But I'm sure we'll probably touch on that. I suppose my, my story is like most people or lots of people. I was driven by fear. I was driven by insecurity to prove to the world that I was somebody because I didn't feel that great about myself. So I've always been very driven to prove to the world I'm somebody. But I'm very fortunate in the area that I tried to prove myself myself I was actually helping quite a lot of people along the way. So my background, like you, uh, was uh, fitness and health. I, I studied uh, sports science, which is pretty crazy that I actually ended up in university because I have one GCSE. I have no A-levels. I have written 18 books. A number of those books are best-selling books around the world. Um, but I've, I love helping people and now... I'm more driven than ever, not to prove myself. I don't feel I have anything to prove anymore. Uh, I'm more on a massive mission, just like yourself, to inspire people to be healthy, to be happy, to be productive. And, you know, it's a cliche, but I mean it, for people
0: just to be the very, very best that they can be. Awesome. And as you've said there, I think it's, it's great you've achieved so much, but Eventually, I'm not at that stage yet, but maybe you reach a point where you say, right, what can I do instead? What impact can I create? You know, what Mm. was that trigger for you? When did you say to yourself, hmm, okay, I've achieved enough. It's not just about me anymore. It's about everyone else and what I can do for them.
1: It's again, a good question. And it's like, well, how do you answer a question like that? I suppose the first thing that comes to my mind is just realizing that I didn't really actually have to do that much to help people. All I really had to do was be better myself. And I really realize that now. If, if I'm good, if I'm healthy, if I'm happy, if, if my mind is engaged with what I'm doing, where I'm going, it inspires people around me. And uh, I realize that now more than ever. You know, one of the things that we say in our company is we say, we, we believe that your future is not written and you have the power to change. And even if you did believe your future was written, would you want to read it? most people would say, no, they wouldn't want to read it. And do you believe that you have power? Again, not everyone believes that, but I think most people do and they need help. And there's nothing better than being a part of that journey to help people just like, you know, your whole thing is all about helping people find their mission and connecting to it. And, you know, it's like, do we all have a unique mission or a unique message? I'd say yes, most definitely. And often you need a coach or a group of like-minded people around you who can help you tap into the essence of who you are and help you go to work on making this world a better place because the world is doomed unless more and more people come together and go, Hey, you know what? Aiden, how can I help you? What, what is it that you're doing right now? Is there any way that I can assist you in, in bringing what you're doing to life? And you might ask me the same. In fact, that's what you asked me just even before we, went on air you know is there anything I can do to help you you know uh, and that's what the world needs and I'm more fired up about doing that than I ever have been in my entire life
0: that's inspiring and I really love it and I think as you say it's bringing out the essence and the the most valuable parts of people uh, to fulfill their biggest potential so I know you're big on coaching Pete and that's what you and I as well really feel that will bring out that potential in people but can you share the value of coaching for maybe people who don't really know about it or even those who have had some, but maybe haven't had have a, sub, a suboptimal experience, you know, what can the best coaching bring out in people?
1: Well, I was very fortunate. So, uh, in my twenties, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue, diagnosed with ME and I was really not in a very good way. And I was looking for answers. I was looking for someone to give me a label and tell me this is what's wrong with you. And even though I got a few labels, it didn't make me better. Uh, and Almost as a last resort, I, I tried uh, Tai Chi and uh, qigungs, uh with uh, a really good teacher in London. And I enjoyed it. it. was out in the parks. I've always been into Chinese medicine. I've always been into martial arts. And, uh, you know, one of my heroes as, as a child, like for so many people, was Bruce Lee seeing Enter the Dragon when I was a, a young boy. And the impression that held on me of someone, just a man who could use this power to fight hundreds of people and and fight for something you know you've offended my family you have offended the Shaolin Temple and now I will kill you um you know fighting for honor and fighting for a a better world where it's just not about you it's it's more than you um but the guy who was teaching me he he said look you should come and meet this guy um and um it's funny because I'm just looking at a picture of him over here uh, he said, "This guy is, is is my coach, and he's over from uh, Dallas, Texas. Would, would you like to come and meet him?" So I just said, "Yeah, absolutely." And I remember the day I went to meet him. He was staying in Peckham, of all places. And um, I, I sat down, and this little Filipino man came out and uh, just started talking, and I uh, listening. And the next thing I know, I'd agreed to go on a like a workshop with him and a few people in Ireland. And over, over how many years of my life? 16 years of my life. Uh, maybe more. I think six, maybe more than 16. Uh, he was my coach. He helped me uh, make millions. I, I sold a business in, in 2003 for 2.4 million. I, I don't think I ever would have done that without a coach, which is, which is, you know, which is good. Uh, I traveled all around the world. I've traveled in China with him. I've traveled in all over America, Spain, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, and I learned so much from him and what he taught me, I'm really passing that on. He's not alive anymore. He died at, I think he was about 79. Uh, and he saved my wife's life. My wife was uh, diagnosed with a brain tumor and given 18 months to live. And, you know, I, I called him up, he was in Dallas and I asked him, what, what should I do? He said, find people that are still alive and find out why, you know? And then he also said, what is she going to do when she gets better? And I said, but she's been given 18 months to live. And he went, so what? People defy the odds all the time. You defied the odds in being born. All of your listeners defied the odds in being. Statistically, the chances of us all being born are ridiculous. So you asked me, what's the benefits of coaching? Well, you probably won't find too many people on earth that will tell you coaching made me millions. Coaching uh, helped save my wife's life. Uh, because I did find people that are still alive and we went to America where she was treated and she's alive and well, and we're married now. Uh, but much, I, mean, I was going to say much, much more than that. I can't so much more than that because he passed on all of this wisdom to me. Uh, and some of that is in words. Some of that is in, I, I, you know, I don't even know so much when someone shares something with you. So when I work with people, it's not just me. They're getting to work with him and and my experience and so i think you know coaching everybody needs somebody and there's no better person to help you than someone who is not necessarily attached to your life or has a vested interest in exactly what you do they're just looking out for you you know and the word coach comes from a coach and horses you know, and a coach and horses is, well, this is where you are. Where do you want to go? Let's help you get to where you want to, you want to try and do it on your own. Good luck, my friend, but you don't have to do anything on your own. There, There are three things that we're all told when we're growing up that mess all of us up. Don't talk to strangers. Money doesn't grow on trees and don't copy. And if you think about it, part of the reason people need coaching is to undo some of the domestication that we've all experienced. Don't talk to strangers. What does that mean? Most of us won't talk to someone now even though we're in our 30s and 40s because or 50s or however old we are because we've been told don't talk to strangers. Uh, we, we've been told money doesn't grow on trees. So that's why often people have a problem with money, which is often to do with self-worth. And then we're also told don't copy, you know, at school, don't copy him. Listen, success is is not that hard to find. Find the right people, ask the right questions, uh, and anything in life is possible. So I believe everybody needs coaching in some way, shape, or form to help them bring out the best of themselves.
0: So yeah. that was a long-winded answer, but I hope it kind of answers your question. Definitely, no, definitely does. A powerful answer nevertheless as well, which I was super happy to just listen to and absorb uh, and you. learn from. And I would completely agree because the coaches I've had, whether it be my martial arts, masters, uh, my philosophy professors, and various other people in business as well now, they've all served as a conduit. As you say, almost nothing is really new under the sun. It's just, all right, who else has got that success? And why have they got it? And why haven't I? And uh, yeah. one of the biggest things I learned from philosophy, similarly, to, which is what you're echoing as well, the same sentiment is, don't you know, tell people necessarily what to think, but teach them how to think. And as you say, there's a lot of undoing from our first eight years in life whatever it might be that we really need to undo but you had so many powerful stories there it's almost like thinking which one to pick up but one that really sticks out and almost for obvious reasons is your is with your wife and mm-hmm. how your coach really helped you through that because it almost sounds like you without him you may have you would have not been yeah, no, you know d- not been here
1: uh, she wouldn't be here. I, I might not even, but I think, no, I, I think I would still be here. But I mean, when I was really sick myself, there were times where, I mean, anyone who's had any like serious full-on ME or chronic fatigue, they know what that's like. And it, for me, it went on for about 10 years. And there were days I actually literally, I had to move back to my parents' house. And I actually even said to my mum a few times, you know what, I just want to go to sleep and I don't want to wake up. Uh, But, you know, that was a a feeling which didn't last. And, you know, the next day, just like most people, I would find the strength, um, you know, to carry on. But um, I I think, you know, again, just like yourself and anyone who's fortunate enough to work with you is really onto a good thing because you're only interested in one thing and that's helping people find out their path and finding out getting people to really align themselves to being healthy and being well and supporting someone through that process because everybody wants what what we can help them get. Everyone wants it. If you could wave a magic wand and all of a sudden someone would be healthy, have more energy, be strong, everyone would want that. But when you were just talking before, the, the first thing that came into my head was psychological reactance because you're right, no one wants to be told. And there's a rebel inside all of us that when you tell someone what to do, psychological reactance just comes to the fore. You know, you could get people who who like doing certain things that are good for them and you tell them to start doing it. The psychological reactance comes out. Um, but when you can help people help themselves, that's beautiful because they own it, you know, and that's what we want. Right? For me personally, I don't want people to follow me. I don't mind them following me, but I don't want them to follow me to the point where they think I changed their life. I did not change your life. You did it. I was part of it. It was great. It was beautiful. But you did it. We, we, we really need to help people take ownership because if they own it, they're much more likely to keep it rather than just throw it
0: away. So Massive. Yeah. That's that's an important lesson, and as you, it's kind of summed up for me in the whole lesson of I can take the horse to water, but I can't force it to drink. And yeah. if you know they can do the work, because imagine we took on the workload of everyone we want to transform and change, we we wouldn't be able to do it. It's impossible. And as you say, it's well, you, you
1: you could you could take them to the water and you could force them to drink, you know. But then when you turned your back, they, they might not be drinking
0: anymore. Yeah,
1: because uh, maybe they think they should do it or they have to do it, and you
0: oh. know. Yeah, it's yeah. a good
1: metaphor.
0: That. I love the way you explain it. Thank you. And with that in mind, you know, you're all about how to be your best, Pete. You know, you're all about bringing out the best in people. How can we be our best version of ourselves?
1: Um, I, I think that part of being the best version of yourself is to, to, to wake up. And this is one of the things I encourage people to do, and maybe all of your listeners can do this, is imagine – being on a, on a beach it's just you and you look out to sea and you can see a bottle coming towards you it's an empty bottle but a piece of paper in it and it's got, got some cork on it it gets closer and closer to you you pick it up you open it and you take out the piece of paper and on that piece of paper it is your unique message it's like this is what you are here to do and I love asking people to open it because some people go well there's nothing there because <laughs> they don't know. Yeah. You know and for me for years I didn't know but now I could tell you, I am here to inspire people to be the very best that they can be every single day. If you can help someone work out what they're here to do or what makes them come alive the most, and even if that's something that they want to do professionally or just something they want to do personally, then uh, that's how people can really be their best. Know what they're good at. There's, there's three questions that I love to ask, which is, uh, what do you love to do? What are you good at and what does the world need, right? So, you know, what do I love to do? I love to do this. You know, this for me is a privilege to be speaking to you. I, have, I don't know who's listening, but you know what? Someone might, and it might make a difference. It's what I love to do. Get up in front of people and talk and share. Uh, what does the world need? The world needs more and more people like that, that can park their ego and just share some knowledge and inspiration. Uh, what am I good at? I'm pretty damn good at this. I've been doing it for a long time, you know. So, when you can help someone to to be their best, it's getting them to discover the nexus point between those three, and uh, just be a part of their journey. You, see, you talk about coaching. There's another aspect to coaching, which is which is which is mentoring. You know, which I think they're quite similar things. I don't know whether you have ever had a mentor, but my mentor. Is my best friend. You know, I met him when I was young. I was, he's seven, eight years. You're older than me. But just for someone to, I could look at and just say, wow, I I I admire you. I love the way you move through the world. And it almost gives you permission to do the same thing without anyone telling you. So
0: Good. there's so much I want to pick out from that. So I'll try and pick out a few things before my, my mind explodes. But the, <laughs> the one thing that really stuck out for me there was about, uh, what's the, a couple of questions so I just don't forget. One is the, what's the difference between coaching and mentoring and the second is what's the value of asking the right questions because you touched on those three questions which were really powerful and I think if you can answer those, as you say, you can really find out. (laughs) Guess who that is calling me? You tell me. That's my mum calling me. The most important (laughs) one.
1: And I've just, I've just cut her off. I actually answered the phone but you can actually tell that this is happening in, in real time and my mum my turned to turn my phone off. my mum is my is my uh is my hero oh, and my no. mum actually has just been through a, an absolutely terrible time. My father just passed away a couple of weeks ago and right uh, yeah well you know it's life just being there being there for my mum and I, you know you just asked me a question but let let no, me just no. use, let me just use this of my mum just calling me um she uh it was very difficult as, as, as anyone that's watched. When you, when you love something and you love someone and you watch it die in front of you, it's very, very difficult. But if you have, I don't know, beliefs that what happens after this is, is better, which is something I, I personally believe. Even though my grandma said never talk about sex, money, religion or politics. Uh, I just believe there's more to life than, than what I see you know, here. I, I, and uh, my dad had passed away for about a week and I, in the middle of the night I had a dream that he was talking to me and he said you need to read this book called The Fourth Agreement and I'd, I'd kind of heard of this book anyway I went downstairs in the morning found an audio version of it listened to the whole thing and The Fourth Agreement is about four agreements in life nothing complicated never make assumptions always do your best always do what you say you're going to do Which is my dad in a nutshell. But at the end of the book, in answer to your question about how do you be your best, the author said this, and this is what I felt my dad was telling me. He said, do not be frightened of dying. Be frightened of having not lived your life. Now, I've lived my life pretty damn well, but I tell you what, i got a lot more living to do, and I am so... Uh, I'm so thankful for my dad that he almost has given me this message, which is don't waste time, enjoy your life as much as you can, and go and give your gifts and talents to the world like you never have done before. So in answer to the question, which was how do you be your best? I mean, there's a few things, but finding out what you're here to do and looking to get better at that, I don't think there's many better things that that any human being can do.
0: Mm. that's that's so beautiful and now thank you for taking that tangent because one it's super important and uh, two it's uh it's e- even in such a circumstance like uh really uh, um, sorry for your loss and it's it's very hard to take something like that but then to to take the lessons that you obviously had a great father figure there for you to yeah. teach you and then for you to now pass that on to the next generation and, and i think
1: i think that's part of our I really do believe that should be part of our purpose in life is to pass on all the good stuff that has been given to you and give it to other people. And there was something else that you asked about, you know, kind of what is it important? How to be your best. Uh, I, I think to find out what you stand for as a human being. So, you know, funny out what you're here to do is one thing and, and, and they kind of align, which is what are your virtues? What are your values? Now, for someone like you that has studied philosophy I don't know if you've studied ancient philosophy of the Greeks and and the Romans and you know this whole kind of thing this inner daimon the the Greeks believed that you had this guiding light inside you, the Romans believed that everyone had a genius inside them which was a a guiding voice that would move you in the direction that you wanted to go and a lot of those ancient virtues I believe stand true, be more true than ever uh, to this day but the work of a a great psychologist Martin Seligman who's done a lot of work around happiness I love his stuff around virtues and you can go to his website it's the strength and character finder and it takes about 20 minutes to go through all of these questions and then it gives you your top virtues your top values you know and they're things like fairness generosity judgment fun curiosity perspective And I did this, and it it didn't tell me anything I didn't know, but, boy, was it nice to have the confirmation of that my values are fairness. If I see something and it's not fair, I don't know what it does to me, but it it brings out a strong part of me. The second is fun. The third is kindness. The fourth is creativity. The fifth is perspective. And the sixth is zest. It's just a great thing. I would encourage all of your uh, your your listeners to to listen because you it, once you find out what you stand for, if you stand for that every day, if you're lost or you're confused, you think, "What do I really stand for? I will stand for fairness." Okay, we'll find a way to bring that to life um, even more. I think that's one of the
0: greatest ways that human beings can develop their character. Mm, wow! Yeah, that's super fascinating. I've not heard of that, uh, so I'm mm. definitely going to go do that myself, and then I'll link it up. There. Let me know.
1: Yeah, let me know what your top six are.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. do. And <laughs> and any of your listeners. Yeah, I think that would be great if people could share. That would be an awesome uh, way to help each other. And you touched on there on the ancients and the lessons today. And I think you're right. Is the fact that you know really not much has changed under the sun? Things are those lessons are still. So relevant, if not even more, because of the way we've dissociated ourselves with our true nature and sometimes reality. Um yeah. before I forget, I want to touch on you said about the difference between um coaching and mentoring. And I'd love to hear Pete, you know, what is that difference between those two? And we talked about coaching, obviously, but then how has mentoring served you?
1: Um I'm not really sure of the etymology of, of the of what the difference in what they mean. But for me, even my coach didn't even like me calling him his coach. And you know, he just said, I'm just a friend. Huh. But I suppose a coach is someone who's going to ask you questions. And if, if, if you're being coached by someone, it's like, okay, well, what are we doing? This is where we are. Where do we want to go? I'm, well, I'm coaching you. So holding you accountable for that process and and getting you to play at the edges of your comfort zone, because, you know, I'm, that's where, the growth happens, whether it's physical training or mental training, it's getting you to push and push and push so you you get stronger, you get better. Mentorship, I think, is a bit different in terms of, uh, for me, my mentor uh, who I was with the other day, who was my best man at my wedding, who was always late for everything. He was even late from the wedding. Uh, he was someone who, I don't know, I just think he was a great example of... Of living, and uh, I don't know, no one's really ever asked me that before. I think also a, a mentor is someone who just wants to be there for you, who's not necessarily going to ask you anything. It's just they're going to be themselves and create the space for you to
0: be yourself. Mm. Um, so, is there something more personal about mentor in the sense that there it seems like that from the way you're describing it, they're a bit more uh, close to? your affairs and what's happening?
1: I I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think? You know, what do you think the difference is between a mentor and a, and a coach?
0: Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. I think sometimes they're almost one of the same. It both. Yeah. I think that uh, delineation you made about, right, we're here at A and we want to get to B, that does fit more of the coach, uh, typical coach criteria. And I think mentoring is, it's kind of what you said. It's something more, you know, personal. People are, they're there for you that, like I said, they're not expecting anything. I mean, whether it's payment or it's something else, they're almost like that, that uncle or that uh, male father figure or, or that male figure in society who just wants to see you do well because they yeah. see potential in you and they feel like they can contribute to that and bring that out, even if very slightly.
1: And they'll be there for you no matter what, Yeah, you know?
0: Yeah, if you're so. paying them or not, they're, they're there because you have some intangible relationship which, which is very uh, heartfelt and deep.
1: Well, you know, I also think you can have coaches and mentors of people that you don't know. I know lots of people. You know, I'd say that, uh, you know, Bruce Lee is one of my mentors, you know. I believe he's mentoring me. You know, I don't know how to explain that. Michael Jordan most definitely has mentored me. Um, You know, it's not that I'm just a fan of him. It's almost like I've modeled him. You don't have to know these people. You can read about them. Uh, One of my heroes is Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, you know, I never met him, but I listen to his audios, and I feel like the guy is talking to me um but it's so important to to plug into stuff that inspires you that there's uh, recently I've been working on something called which is called gravity and levity and finding the buoyancy between the two so the gravity is about you know being grounded in 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 something that is like you know. In exercise, being grounded in meditation, being grounded in the moment. But levity is, you know, what is it that you're aspiring to? And having some buoyancy between the two, because otherwise you can be so goal oriented that your kind of feet are off the ground and you don't really enjoy what's going on. Or you can have nothing that you're reaching for and you're just on the ground and you, you feel not quite complete. And that's another reason why I think coaching can be so powerful to help people find joy in actually what they're doing otherwise you know what's the point of achieving things if you don't enjoy it
0: yeah massively and that's a great analogy as well because sometimes i've felt that myself too you feel like you're shooting for the stars but you're not enjoying the moment and you think what's the point and touching on the mentors there yeah people who you don't have to know them personally like i feel like this is like you know you're coaching me and mentoring me and Right, right now on air, let alone the listeners and the people who are listening to this. And now whether if we don't speak again, I'm sure that won't happen, but it's almost like, wow, that one hour or whatever it might be is so valuable that it can be learned from anywhere and any place. You don't have to just take it from someone you know directly or someone who's right in your physical vicinity.
1: Yeah, I, you know, it's easy and I appreciate that. Thank you. It's, it's my uh, privilege to be able to talk to you and, and share with you my, my experience what I've learned along the way because I have learned a lot and I have lived a life and I just want to pass it on because I believe you will make, you make a difference, but you could make more of a difference. Uh, We can all make more of a difference. And, um, yeah, it's just so important to surround yourself with like, uh, minded people. And, you know, I, I look at, if someone said to me, well, what is this worth? You know, this, what your information, this, what you're sharing me, what is it worth? It's so what my coach used to say, and there is no amount of money. This is priceless. If people go away and apply some of what we are sharing to them, what they could get out of it, if you try to put a figure on it, it's like, well, does that do it justice? You know, it's like when someone says, what do you do for a living? And if you then try and explain, does that really explain what you do? No, the only way you can find out what you do is go and work with someone like you and then get to find out, wow, just how awesome life can be, how, how growth can be. There was a, a Hungarian uh, Nobel Prize winner in 1937, and his discovery was something – he didn't discover it. It was already there. It's called syntropy, which is uh, a, a term that used to describe every living cell that lives to express itself fully. It might not, it might not you know, because – the acorn might get run over by a car, you know, or a squirrel might eat the acorn, but it still exists to, to express itself fully. And so do we. The difference between us and acorns and, and cats, let's say, is the decisions that we make. We make decisions which allow us either to move forwards or, I don't know,
0: die. Yeah. You know wow, I mean? that's that's a great story, and I, I truly believe that as well. That if you're not growing, you, you're not just staying where you I'm are. Dying. You're, dying. You're, you're dying.
1: You're I, dying. I I think so. I might be wrong, and I, and I and I, I'd be happy to be proved wrong. You know, but yeah. uh, I but, know where I'm going, and nothing is going to stop me from moving forwards because my goal is it's too big and it's too important. That's why I get up at four o'clock every single day and go to work on learning, and growing, and just, that, that might be too much for people. And, you know, it's like, that might not be for you, but that's definitely for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you want to make every moment the best it can be, and you want to bring out <laughs> the best in yourselves and others.
1: Well, when you look at successful people, they often have mastered the mundane. You know, there's that quote about Bruce Lee, don't fear the man who's, you know, practiced a kick 10,000 times. You know, fear the man who's practiced the same kick 10,000 times, you know, Uh, and mastery gets a bad press. And I'm not sure exactly why that is. But when you look at people who are great at what they've done, they're always looking to master it. They're always learning. They always want to get better. And um, it's important that if you want to get better is to get a coach like you or someone who's already down that road, because if you decide to change your game and up your game, you will find naysayers. That's what Arnie used to say. You know, you'll find people around you that go, what are you doing that for? Why are you doing that? And what happens is, is they just don't like the fact that you changing and reminding them of what they should be doing. Because every single one of us should be focusing on being better, physically, mentally, emotionally. That's where the greatest joy seems. From all I have ever known and experienced, the people who experience the greatest joy the ones who work on themselves and then give it back you know and you you could look at someone like bill gates you know the richest man in the world and look what he's doing now he's his foundation of just giving back get better and give it back pass it on and you'll find fulfillment and joy like you've never experienced in your entire life there's nothing better in life than giving Mm.
0: uh, and sharing well, and it's they're so beautiful to see and witness in, in yourself and people like you know referring to Bill Gates or whatever it might be but there is also this flip side what I feel maybe is a bit more in my generation nowadays that you know I guess I'm in my mid-twenties but these pe- people uh, in my age they almost want to change the world without changing themselves and I feel like it's hmm hold on wait let us beca- let me become the best version of myself and in doing so I will change the world and give back more as a result rather than trying to change it from the outside in
1: well It's absolutely true. There's a dark side in every single one of us. And that's why we love to go and watch films like Star Wars or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or Alice in Wonderland or The Wizard of Oz. We see the good and bad that exists in every single person. And I like to call what you describe as society candy, this candy that we can all take and absorb. And it tastes good, uh, but it's not very fulfilling in a world that basically says, you need to be like this. You know, you need to judge yourself by what other people think about you. Looking externally for internal satisfaction, but it it just doesn't work. And that's why mental health is such an issue and that's why drug use is completely out of control and, you know, male suicide is uh, the highest, is the number one cause of death in young people uh, because the way we're living our life. But we ha- and if you want to question that, then you've got to pay the price of looking at what you're doing and maybe thinking, how fulfilled am I, am I really, how do I really feel about myself and how do I want to feel? You know, that's why we often need a coach because a coach will often ask those deep philosophical questions that make you go, make you go inside and make you go,
0: oh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, dear. Forced you to look inwards and not just always trying to uh, take, take, take. And that was a, a lovely phraseology, you know, it's sight to candy. It's like, all right, well, how much bad stuff, like in your nutrition or whatever, can you eat before you feel the effects and the bad effects? And with that in mind, Pete, you're talking a lot about, you know, some great wisdom and great lessons, and it's all, you know, it's all about elevating ourselves to our higher potential and our higher selves. You did touch on it earlier, but I'd be interested to really understand what your thoughts are on, you know, you said something to paraphrase, something about, oh, we're not, you know, there's more than this existence, you know, there's something afterwards. Um, You know, you can get into it as deep as you want, but, you know, what do you think, it is that is really taking us like people like you and me who are wanting to really elevate ourselves to our best, but also almost what's the point? What's there after this? Do we just go or is, is there something else?
1: Well, it's, it's not something that I often talk about, but I'm more than happy to talk about it. Um, you know, in all religions you seem to see many common themes, many common stories. And one of the stories that seems to be, that goes through lots of religions is once upon a time we were just a beam of light uh, and we were like a star and we could see the life, all these different lives that we could choose. And for some reason you saw this life and you saw the many trials and tribulations that you were going to experience and you decided to choose the life that you then came into. And once you came into that life, you completely forgot everything that, that was going to transpire which is a great way of living your life, by the way, even if you don't believe it. (laughs) Because something might happen to you and you think, okay, well, this is meant to happen. What can I learn from this? You know, how can I grow from this? And um, I just believe that. I believe I chose this life, you know. And um, if if I chose it, I might as well look to make the most of it. And I want to be able to come to the end of my life. And this is what Dr. Stephen Covey talks about in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, is begin with the end in mind. You know, when the end of your life happens, what do you want the living legacy of your life to be? How many people do you want to have touched? I, I heard this recently that you are alive until the very last person on this earth has been touched by you. So let's say I touch your life and you touch someone else's life. And I don't even know that person, but they were touched because you were touched. And, and that goes on and on and on and on. well, That could go on forever, right? Yeah. The fact that we had an imprint on someone's life who had an imprint on somebody else's life. And that's what I think we all want. We want to be remembered. We want to have leave a mark. Again, I might be wrong, but all I can talk about is my life and what matters to me uh, and what seems to matter to so many people. People want to do good. People want to leave a mark.
0: Yeah. And we're more inherently wanting to do do good than we are bad. So therefore, as you say, it's almost this endless cycle of connection. You can touch me and I can touch someone else and so on ad infinitum. And, you know, people are going to really resonate with that. And if you can touch a million people's lives and, you know, I do the same, then that's going to really compound. It's amazing to see that. And the way you look at that, yeah, with the analogy of religion as well is, is powerful because, um, you know, depending, it doesn't matter what you believe, but as you say, it's that striving to be the best. So,
1: I'm yeah. Sure. And, you know, the, the, the way that your life, I don't know where your parents were from. My parents were from here. My great-grandparents were born here. No, my great-grandparents were born in Lithuania. My great-granddad came here when he was 11 years old with nothing. He came here for me. He didn't know me, you know, uh, but he came here uh, to build a better life for me. He gave me that life. And now I, it's my turn to do the same thing. It's to to pay it forwards because without that, the world is, like I said, right at the beginning is doomed unless we all realize, okay, okay, how can I help you? You know, what is it that you need from me? And that that's uh, why the world is still here today, that there are people out there like you and me and we need to do that more than ever for the younger generation who, like you said, are more disconnected, are more bought into the society candy, more bought into technology, less bought into nature and the power of uh, making a difference, the power of love, the power of uh, living well.
0: Yeah, yeah, wow, awesome. And with that in mind, Pete, I'd love to hear about, because I know you want to make great impacts. You already have, but I know, as you said, there's always more what are your goals for the next one three and five years could be both business and or personal
1: well one three and five years i mean for me there's the big three right there's the big three in 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 terms of goals and the first is about health and you know energy well-being the second is about family and friends and the third is my work and my service so uh, from my work and my service, you know, my goal is to continue to build what what I believe to be the number one coaching opportunity in the world that we have created called My365 where, you know, we're coaching people every day through Facebook Live, through a series of masterclasses, through having a, a community where we're teaching people about things like willpower, confidence, self-esteem. And uh, we're teaching people how to start something, apply it, and graduate from it. So I'm very excited about that. It's the accumulation of many, 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 many years of work and continual work with my family. You know, uh, my my wife is quite a bit younger than me, Uh, so you know our goal is actually to have a family, which which wasn't looking very likely a few years ago because, as I said, you know she wasn't given very long to live, and with my health. Uh, you know, I have some challenges I've had recently with my elbow and my back, um, my hip, uh, but I'm still, uh, fired up to be as healthy and as well as I possibly be. And how can I get this to work better? And how can I be more of an example to people? So, you know, where I want to be in five years is probably where I want to be in a year, but in five years, I just want more of more of everything, more to be more, health more well-being more uh more secure more finance I, you know I, I don't have an issue with money you know it's like green vegetables you can you can never have enough you know uh and um you know i think money is a great way of you can do great things with money but also it's a great sign of uh, self-worth
0: i think you mm. know? But, but that's me what about you Wow, no, that's fascinating. And um, gosh, what about me? Yeah, I would say very similar. I I also like how you broke down into those three categories because I think it really covers and encapsulates everything that we need to strive for and should strive for. Um, Yeah, I would say, gosh, for me, I mean, my goal is, is... the big goal, and I guess then I reverse engineer from that, is to impact and transform the lives of one, over 1 million men in the next 10 years. But then part of me says I'm maybe thinking a bit small, maybe I can do more than that. Um, and I guess this is where you know, maybe the help or the discussion with someone like yourself could challenge that. Uh, so that's the overarching goal. And then I guess reverse engineering that is the medium. So for me, it would be mostly through our martial arts schools. Uh, you know, I want to get this one set up to 100 students within the next three months uh, and then build our own facility, our headquarters, and then, you know, really branch out from there, move on, and then build, you know, one location, then another, and eventually take that worldwide. But I think what I really want to do is, you know, there's no point just opening up another martial arts school because there's hundreds and there's plenty. Uh, but I think I was saying to you before, you know, the, the Big thing I wanna differentiate is that martial arts has lost its essence. And we talked, you talked here about Bruce Lee and the lessons he taught and people like that. You know, he was the epitome of what martial arts was about and, and really about why he was so iconic is because he brought the actual art side and the martial side <coughs> and married them together without forgetting one half. And people nowadays, and the, the martial arts community as a whole, especially in the West, has severed the arts from the martial side and forgotten about the philosophical foundations. So, I want to bring that back, but in a modern context, which can therefore apply to people similarly to as you are, Pete, is with their health, well-being, uh, obviously philosophy and mindset, but also their business and and their path. So, it's not just about you know the, the martial arts in the strict sense; it's the bigger picture.
1: Yeah. I love it. You know, um, I, I I traveled in China, and one of the things we did, we went, I always went to the parks in the morning, and, and I did my form, and and uh, but from my understanding of the way, like you said, the way martial arts are taught in the West is, they very rarely teach about the chi first, about the energy first, becoming aware of that first, because it, what they seem to do is get lost in in the form, in the actual technique, as opposed to no, no, no. What is driving it? And this is something else I heard recently about, the you know, think of a light bulb as a human being. Are you the bulb or are you the light inside the bulb? And uh, the guy I was listening to said, no, you're, you are both, you know. But what makes the bulb come alive is your energy, your chi. And um, that to me is what all martial arts should be about first and foremost, the energy that exists outside of you, how you can use that to – uh you know, and that's what Bruce Lee was brilliant at. If people think the one-inch punch was just something that, you know, he just knew how to use energy and the greatest martial. Have you ever come across a guy called Chris Cudelli? Yes,
0: yeah, the yeah. Mind so body I met, moves. Right? Yeah.
1: So I met him. Right, this is the that. weirdest thing. I watched his series of mind-body kick-ass moves, yeah. and I met him on a train. And I went, <laughs> "All right, Chris." And he looks at me to say, "Who the hell are you?" And um, I became friends with him and I went out with him for dinner a few times, and he used to train in Temple Fortune, he's from Birmingham, oh, but he right. used to train in Temple Fortune where I grew up, in a, in a martial arts studio above a pub. Yeah. But he actually came to meet uh, my coach when he, when he was alive, and uh, it was fascinating, my co- he asked my coach what he thought he had the best martial arts that he ever came, best martial artists, and my coach said, the Filipino stick fighters. <laughs> And uh, there was a a type of karate that he came across that was just, uh, uh, I I don't know. I I think that um, so much is possible, but the hardest thing to often do is just to get started in anything, you know, in business. But if you're someone who's looking to get help from me or, or from you, I think where we can add that value to people is to, Help them get started to help them get momentum to the point where what they do is just what they do, Mm. you know, it's not hard work like, Oh, how do I do this? It becomes
0: a part of you, yeah, and it's so natural for them at that point, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Wow. And Pete, I want to hear and um, please share more about My365 uh, as well. You know, you said you're aiming to build the best coaching experience and platform there is. You know, what is it that's different about it? And, you know, what can people really take away from it?
1: Well, it's, it's different in terms of uh, it's more, I say it's more about the mind. It's, it's so I used to be a teacher right, and I, and I really didn't like teaching in school because I just didn't think we were teaching kids stuff that was particularly useful and I think if you want if we all want to get ahead in life there are certain things that if we can get fairly good at them it really gives us a chance so willpower is is the science of self-control getting yourself to do the things that you need to do even when you don't feel like it Uh, mindfulness uh, the practice of mindfulness has been proven to aid people in so many different areas Um, creativity breaking habits so these are all key areas that, that, that we teach, and we spend a whole month focusing on these different areas. Um, and it's so ridiculously available to people, but it still requires a sacrifice of someone going to work uh, on themselves. And I would encourage people just to go and look at what we're doing. If they literally just go to mi 365 elite dot me forward slash join i'll just say that again (laughs) mi365 elite dot me forward slash join they can just see you know what we're what we're offering and you know it might be something that people want to spend a, a period of time on just learning but much more than just learning applying the application of knowledge is 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 what is needed because mm. otherwise you can know a lot of stuff, but so what, yeah. what are you doing with what you know? So, mm. wow. um, yeah, I look forward to sharing this podcast myself and, uh, sharing you, you know, with the world, because uh, I'm sure that anyone that gets a chance to work with you is, is really onto a good thing, you know, building a big community of people and inspiring people every step of the way.
0: I really appreciate it, and thank you so much. I'm going to be um, looking at my 365 myself, uh, let alone others. And I know people definitely listen to this will do. So uh, they really should because I think those those things you're offering they are different. And with your experience, you could, you're really demonstrating that. Look at me. Look, it's possible. You can have all of this and more if you want it. If you're willing to learn, and as you yeah, say, and, and,
1: my- and the thing is, with the, you know the sort of stuff I'm sharing, it, it is perfect. Actually, for already people that are in the coaching world. Because I'm only going to share with you what, what I've spent years and years putting together, deciphering all of the nonsense and getting, keeping the good stuff and sharing that with people like you who will then maybe apply some of that yourself to yourself and then uh, to others. So yeah. I wish um, you every, every loads and loads and loads of success and happiness.
0: And uh, uh, I'm sure our paths will, will cross again. Uh, no, I know they will. I'm sure they will. And yeah, I'll definitely take that in mind. Um, I'm just conscious of the time, Pete. How are you doing for time? I just wanted to ask you a couple more, but if you've got to shoot.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I've just got to speak to my mum, but apart from that, it's all good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the mum comes first. Love it. That's cool. So we'll we'll try and move on to these more signature questions the last few bits. But yeah. um, you mentioned earlier, you know, obviously you're a big man of great habits, Pete, but one of them you mentioned was up at four every day, which is amazing but please share uh, whether it be that one and or more a few personal habits or daily routines that contribute to your success and why they contribute to it
1: Um, so I get up at four uh, and you know some days I, I think what are you doing and then I hear another voice in my head saying I know exactly what I'm doing Let's do what we need to do. Let's go and change the world. I come downstairs. I have a journal. I write in my journal. I I write down what I'm grateful for. I write down uh, my success list for the day as in terms of what is it that, you know, needs to be done. I then draw something similar, not as colorful as what you see behind you, but just draw, you know, uh, where I am. I draw it like a mountain where I'm going by the year 2040. I then drink a cup of coffee, but not, just any normal coffee. I drink coffee that's infused with an ancient Chinese mushroom that just goes to my brain and gets oxygen to my brain. I then start to um, read or listen and make notes about something. I just want to learn. I want to grow. I want to, I want to teach. Then I will meditate for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes I'll exercise uh, before I do my live broadcast at 7, and sometimes I'll do that straight afterwards. After that, I have a break. I go, and I make my wife a coffee actually before that. Uh, after that, I have a break for a little bit. Then I'll probably do another 90 minutes of work. Uh, and then I'll have a break. And I, I th- this time of the day, I mean, we're recording this in the afternoon. This is normally not a great time for me. You know? Man. Well, th- this is what a lot of people don't know this. The siesta was not invented by the Spanish. The siesta was invented by the Romans. And the siesta comes from uh, the number six, the sixth hour. So after the sixth hour of being awake, we should all be looking to reset our circadian rhythm of our body where we rest. And obviously the Spanish took that idea and the siesta became something that was very important. So for most people, you know, this is a time of the day where we should be resting taxing our brain and then maybe ready to go again for a few more hours before before bed so yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm uh, rituals are kind of against my nature if you like because my nature is very just go 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 don't be too structured but i realize
0: i have to be structured
1: because yeah. otherwise i'll never really get much done
0: mm-hmm. Gosh, that's powerful. And I, I completely agree. I'm kind of like that as well, a bit like, oh, just a bit, not almost erratic, but it has to be a little bit controlled because I feel like if I don't have that structural routine, I don't get, as you say, anywhere near as much done as possible. And I love the uh, the Spanish and the Roman story around the siesta. And it sounds like clearly you're uh, scheduling your day around your biology and your circadian rhythms, which is super important because obviously that allows you to perform at your optimal um, Yes. So is that why you get up so early as well? Or is there something else about why? You
1: I just, I, I, I get up at four because it I really, I just undisturbed and I just get stuff done. And if, if I was doing that at nine o'clock, it wouldn't happen. It's just, I'm, I just get too distracted.
0: Yeah. You know? Don't blame you. No, that's, that's really cool. I'm, I'm really with you. Um, what has been your best success to date, Pete, and why?
1: Uh, my best success is definitely being on this journey with my wife. Uh, I actually made a film about what happened to her because the doctor who was treating her in America was being taken to court. Um, and there were so many obstacles on that, on that journey. Uh, it's on a website called teamhanna.com. Uh, apart from that, you know, building online communities is something I, I love to do. Uh, working with Ronnie O'Sullivan for two years, uh, where he won the world title for the second time. That was also something I was extremely proud of. And it was a, an incredible journey, but there's so much more to come. Yeah.
0: There's it's so much more, much more to come. Yeah. I can tell it's just the start. And, uh, I'll add that link. I'm going to watch that myself actually, uh, to your wife's uh, story and about the doctor in the show notes. But yeah, yeah. It's just the start. Cause some people I can imagine get to a stage like yourself where you're at. So, oh, well, I've done all right. I've done enough. And one a chance. Nah, we're not stopping yet. <laughs> no way. Love it. Pete, can you tell us a story of a time in your journey when you experienced failure and share with us what you learned from it?
1: Mm, time where I experienced failure. Yeah, I mean, history has a pattern of repeating itself. So the first book I wrote was called Slimming with Pete and I approached all of the all the publishers and they all said no and I almost gave up but as a last resort I tried a small publisher in Wales and they published this book and then my publishing career you know took off one of my favorite stories is a story in Think and Grow Rich called Three Feet from Gold where you know a guy found gold stopped couldn't find any more carried on digging, then stopped, sold the equipment to someone else. And the person who bought the equipment thought, maybe there's a bit more gold. Went back down and three feet from where they'd stopped, he found the biggest vein of gold ever. And uh, we are always three feet from gold. So, I, you know, that's why you say about your biggest failure. I just don't, I don't believe in failure. I just believe in, okay, now what? Now what am I going to do? And again, it sounds like a cliche, but I love to fail because I just, it it, it lights something inside of me. Okay, now what needs to be done?
0: Mm -hmm. And now you're saying, what you're really saying is, you know, failure happens, but I guess it's what you take away from it and what you learn from it. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing, and it does sound cliche, but I'm I'm the same, never used to be, but I feel like, hey, I want to fail quicker and faster and harder than before because (laughs) I know next time I'm not necessarily going to make that mistake again, or at least I'm going to learn something from it which will allow me to be better next time. Definitely. So awesome. In recent times, Pete, what development, either in your area of expertise or in general in the health, uh, well-being, philosophy, martial arts, or business world has excited you the most, and why? Uh,
1: Definitely this whole psychological reactance uh, helping people become more aware of that, of the reactants to anything that they, even people telling themselves they should do something and then supporting them in that journey of getting them to look at things differently because people don't change, as I said, when you tell them what to do, even when they tell themselves what to do. So getting people to change the way their biology, their brain is working is so powerful and uh, it's an amazing journey to go on with people where you help them transform their life by transforming their thinking.
0: Yeah, yeah. it all starts in there.
1: It certainly does.
0: Awesome. So I know you've got a great background, as you shared, uh, in the health and well-being industry. And I'm curious, Pete, to understand what your thoughts are on it.
1: Well, I mean, I, I worked in the industry. I started in 1989 as a fitness instructor, aerobics teacher, personal trainer, In the gym I worked at, you had to engage with clients. In fact, I recently got in trouble with a big gym chain. I took a photograph of a personal trainer uh, sitting on his phone, talking to someone, and I sent it to a friend of mine.
0: Was he doing that in a session, though? Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
1: And I sent it to a friend of mine, and he posted the picture on a Facebook page, at a private Facebook page, and someone knew this person, and this message got back to the gym. Then the gym looked at the picture, looked on the CCTV camera, worked out when it was and saw it was me. And, wow. um, and you know, they said they wanted to sit down and talk to me and blah, blah, blah. I, I could have gone on about, I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have taken the photograph. Um, but My colleague said, well, why didn't you tell them about the terrible personal training that was going on? I said, in that gym is some of the worst personal training I've ever seen in my entire life uh but if i told them about it they wouldn't want to know and i think that that's a a big part of the industry that most people don't want to know the fact that uh people aren't achieving what they want to achieve we just need to help people be inspired about what they do so that they would then carry on doing it
0: um yeah i'm with you i think yeah i completely agree and i I think uh, like 99% in the industry is a joke because as you say there, that is actually quite common. And even if it's not that level of uh, on your phone and not, you know, almost giving a, giving a shit, it's really more about, well, actually, are you changing people or are you just running them through a workout to make them, you know, sweaty? And, you know, what's the point of that? What about their structure, their posture, their breathing, their thinking, and you know, there's much more to it. So hence why, you know, what you're doing is is bridging that gap, which is great. And yes, you know, Pete, what issues do you see that men should be thinking about?
1: Well, that's it. I mean, thinking and talking men, we, well, we don't tend to like asking for help. That's the first thing. We see that as a, a sign of weakness. Uh, and uh, just acknowledging that we are more than what we feel. Most people think they are what they feel. No, you are whatever you choose to feel. Uh, and, uh, go on a journey of self-discovery, go on a journey of getting to know yourself, getting to know what you're really about. Never take yourself too seriously uh, and surround yourself with like-minded people, people who maybe inspire you um, and become a, you know, a, you know, this whole term of manning up, which I, I want a, a new way of looking at that expression, not manning up and not talking about your emotions and going out and drinking a shed load of beer. No, go out there and, and talk uh, and be a great example to other men.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. And especially with the the epidemic levels of, as you said, you mentioned earlier, male suicide, it's, um, yeah, if you're not talking, it's going to get pent up and hence it's going to result in things like that. Well, I,
1: someone I heard once say that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, yeah. and uh, I think some of these problems would be temporary if people were able to communicate we tend to feel better when we vocalize what we're thinking and feeling, but people are often frightened to do that because they maybe feel they haven't got any control over it or be worried about what people say. Um, but yeah, that would be my, my way, be a proper man.
0: Yeah. To be a real man. Yeah. No, great advice. Yeah. Just want to wrap up on some signature questions, Pete. Uh, these are a bit more quick fire. just want you to answer sort of first thing that comes to your mind and almost keep them concise to what you really feel is coming out of you yeah so the first one is what advice would you give to the young boys who are venturing into manhood put
1: a smile on your face and uh take some time to think about and work out what is it that you're really here to do when do you most feel alive uh and um go out there and create an unbelievable life a life that you can look back one day and say
0: i did that yeah i'm proud of that awesome Second one is what keeps you awake at night, if anything? Just, well, a few things.
1: Sometimes fear, uh, but not very often. More about just getting excited about what I'm doing and what's going to come next and trying to slow myself down because uh, I get way too excited.
0: I had that recently. well. So you just want to go 100 miles an hour all day, but... It yeah, can't be. Can't. Easy. Yeah. Let's say we're having another conversation a couple of years from now. What would you have accomplished in that time?
1: Well, I'd be more interested in what you've accomplished. I would be more interested in what happened as a direct result of this conversation I had with you. That's what I'd be, I'd be talking about first and foremost. <coughs> Excuse me. What was the legacy of this conversation? Where would I be in two years time? Uh, well, apart from having that conversation with you, having that conversation with a lot more people, the same thing. What's been the legacy of the time that we spent together? What's happened as a consequence of it?
0: Mm. I love that. No, I guess I'll reciprocate an answer. And I would effectively say the same. Yeah, I, I would be, um, if my goal was to transform uh, over one million, let's call it one, one million men's lives in the next 10 years, in two years, I would have been at the very least a fifth of the way there. So, you know, I would have been at that 200,000 mark and we're building and not just that, we're growing, we're impacting even more. So,
1: well, I'm inspired by you, so I'm going to go and inspire other people. So I think it should be aiming much bigger than a million because – uh, I'm going to impact hundred million. So, and if you've impacted me, then you're impacting a hundred million people. So, yeah. but it's just, a, I suppose, a different way of looking at yeah.
0: it, right? But it's true. It's, and it, but it's mad and it's, it's inspiring because I sit there now and think, you know, I was thinking of even before this in general, actually that goal is too small, but now you've really highlighted that. Yeah, you're right. Like what the hell are you doing? You've got, and then you're not just saying that because it's like, well, hold on. I know I've got more potential than that. And if, you know, if you're going to hit 100 million, I don't see why I can't do that too. And I think you should do it? a billion. Yeah. Oh, fuck it. Let's do it. Why not? A yeah. billion. Yeah. We're, we're here. We might as well try. Otherwise, what's the point? And uh, yeah, I think that can really happen. So, okay. We'll hold each other to, to, uh, to it and help each other to get there. Fantastic. So, if you had the power to change one thing in the world, what would it be?
1: Oh, the power to change one thing. I'd say myself, but I already have that power. So, <laughs> oh dear, I, if I had the power to change one thing, I, I would change that everyone can see the good
0: in themselves. Nice. I love that. Cool. And these last few questions, you almost touched on them earlier and you might have a clue where I've almost got them from. But this one is, you're about to compose your own epitaph or obituary. What would it say?
1: Um, Let's get started. (laughs) (laughs) Or I've only just got started.
0: Yeah, I love it. That's what it would say. I love that. Or let's
1: do it. Just probably let's do it, even though I'm not here because I'd want everyone else to carry on and Mm. let's do it.
0: Because people would be carrying on your vision. Definitely. Love it. Definitely. How would you, your life, and your impact be described by others at your own funeral?
1: Ridiculous. Just ridiculous. So say, that was ridiculous. Uh, or they'll say, that was fun. Or oh, that was inspiring. I mean, inspiration is a key word to me. Yeah. Meaning breathing life into everything that you do. So he was inspirational.
0: And you are living and breathing that. Love it. Last question, Peter's, why do you think we exist? That is, why are we here?
1: Well, the New Zealand rugby team are the best team in history because of one thing. And it's all about leaving the team in a better shape than you came into the team with. And I think, you know, that's what we're here to do. We're here to make the world a better place. Whether that's true or not for others, it's definitely true for me. And it is it is challenging, but that's what I think I'm here to do, I, to lead the world in a better place than when I first came here.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's well worth it. And I, I've heard that story as well. I don't know if you've read the book uh, Legacy, I think. Is it James?
1: Legacy. Uh,
0: yeah, Legacy. Yeah. Legacy, I can see it over there. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So Pete, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to mention and feel free to please uh, plug any comp- uh, your yeah, I would just e-
1: encourage people to go and see what we're doing, even out of their own curiosity of how we market, what we do and what we're having to say to people, just go to mi365elite.me forward slash join and just see what, see what we're doing. Uh, with people and I would encourage everyone to follow their dreams and to follow you actually to stay close to what you're doing because um only good things are going to happen right
0: Yeah, most definitely. And likewise, and thank you. I will share those uh, notes in the show description for anyone who wants it. I've already checked out and I can highly advise it. Uh, Definitely go and check out My365, Pete and everyone there. The team has so much to offer. And just to close up, Pete, I just want to thank you so much for spending uh, your time with us. I really appreciate you sharing your journey, your wisdom and experience with us. It's been life-changing for me and I know it will be for those who listen too. Thank you. Brilliant. I'm Aiden Lee and this is the FitRoots Podcast. Thank you for helping us on our mission to build modern warriors.